Welcome to the podcast of Grace Community Bible Church. We hope and pray that you are blessed, challenged, and inspired by this message. For other sermons or more information, visit us at gracebiblechurch.org.au. The faithfulness of God. God is faithful. Well, here we come to an attribute that is of a scarce commodity. It is a precious jewel. Faithfulness. The solid steadfastness, the royalty, the royal uh, in relationships. It's the a transferable character of God to man. This is not an attribute like um, the self-sufficiency of God and how we looked at it last time. Or immutability of God that are unique to God's, uh, um, uh, God's essential uh, characters. And they're not shared with us. No, faithfulness is one of God's attributes that we do inherit from Him. Sadly, had it not been so clear in the Scripture and how the Word of God repeatedly showed that we ought to exhibit such character, yet um, we see that man fails so uh, much in order to reflect God's faithfulness in man's life, whether in marriage or among their siblings or in the church life. And um, if we judged um, the lack of commitment in the world to any kind of relationship, if we judge by how little we show uh, faithfulness to people around us, especially in this evil generation, perhaps we would have concluded that this character of God, the faithfulness of God is an incommunicable attribute, meaning it is unique to God. In the rise of liberalism, in this evil and uh, adulterous generation, there is uh, this adulterated version of freedom where one would um, say, I can do whatever I want, however I want, whenever I want. And there is no fear of God in man. There is no regard to any commitment. In the rise of postmodernism, unfaithfulness is in abundance. Parents make sacrifices for their children, to feed them, to raise them up, only to be treated with contempt. Wedding vows have become cheap words that are not lived out. Church covenant has no meaning. Governments that were sworn in to protect the people, have now approved the slaughter of thousands of unborn babies. Unfaithfulness is a devastating sin. It is a destructive sin that leads the victim to fear and anxiety. It leads to much doubt and lack of trust. My question to you is, what do you do? Where do you run for loyalty? In the midst of this adulterous generation, who is dependable in this world? Where do you find rest for your soul in this volatile and ever-changing world? Have you ever been a victim of someone's unfaithfulness? Perhaps a husband who lost affection towards you? An ungrateful son that when he's grown, he's become this man who is cruel to you and he lost all respect to you. 
How about if you were on the other end of the spectrum and suffering from this disease of unfaithfulness and you just wonder, will God accept me? I have been so unfaithful in my commitment to Him and in my devotion to others. I'm drowning in this sin. I'm drinking the cup of my misery because of my unfaithfulness and I don't know how to shake it off. Brothers, sisters, here is a wonderful truth to celebrate. And I command you in the name of God and by his word, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Why? Because our God is a faithful God. Those who put their trust in him will never be put to shame. Let us rest in his faithfulness. Proclaim it from the housetop. Shout it to the world. Our God is a faithful God. Lamentation 3, 22 to 23, it says, Yahweh, Yahweh's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Psalm 89 I will sing of the loving kindness of Yahweh forever to all generations. I will make known your faithfulness with my mouth. For I have said loving kindness will be built up forever in the heavens. You will establish your faithfulness. Rejoice, people of God. Get up and wipe the dust off your feet. Sing for joy. Great is the faithfulness of our God. Psalm 119, 75. I know, O Yahweh, that your judgments are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. God is not only faithful when we're comforted, But even in our affliction, the very affliction itself is an expression of how faithful God is to us. Why? In order to draw us back to himself, in order to read, to teach our hearts that we are not to trust on anything else in this world. Why? Because God and God alone is faithful. He is alone to be trusted. What does it mean to say God is faithful. What does the faithfulness of God mean? It means this, that he's utterly trustworthy, that he is dependable. He's completely reliable to keep his word, to fulfill his promises. God is faithful. It means that he keeps his covenant till the end. He means what he says, and he says what he means. He will bring to completion everything he said he will do. Deuteronomy 32, I proclaim the name of Yahweh, ascribe greatness to our God, the rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are just, a God of faithfulness and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. You know, you and I are like moving sand. Our commitment and devotions are like the waves of the ocean. 
One minute we're, we're, we're hard and strong, the next minute we're soft and weak. That's why the scripture says in Jeremiah, um, Jeremiah chapter uh, 17 and verse 5, Thus says Yahweh, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength and whose heart turns away from Yahweh. We're like Peter. We walk in the water just only for one step and in the rest of the journey we're drowning in our idols. We would say to Jesus, Jesus, we will never deny you. But in the face of temptation and under pressure, a little insult and our faithfulness goes with the wind. Praise God, he's not like us. God's faithfulness is like an unmovable rock. In the ocean of turbulence, he's an amazing, solid rock. He's a pillar that holds a mighty building. God's faithfulness is his mighty fist that holds with it his children so tightly and never lets go of them. God's faithfulness means that he's dependable, that he can be trusted. Well, what is it that God is faithful to? When we speak about the faithfulness of God, some people get it wrong. And they assume that this means that God is like a grandfather figure, um, just a, a, a little more smarter than grandparents and a little stronger perhaps. You know, um, when you send your children to your parents just for a day, and when you take them back, you find their pockets are full um, uh, with um, um, lollies and chocolates, all these wonderful uh, sweets that you and I were not allowed to eat when we were young. Um, and yet, you send them just for one day, and the kids would just come home, and they're just licking all these lollies. And people misunderstand the faithfulness of God to be just like that. Uh, they think that he's under obligation to give them the jobs that they're looking for or the medicine to their sickness or to calm down their angry husband or you fill in the blank. And when God doesn't come through with the lollies that they like, they become angry at God. And they lay charges against the Almighty that he's being unfaithful to them. And they say, you know, God betrayed our trust. Where is our good health? We're not asking for much. We're just asking for a wife that loves us or a husband that looks after us. That's all. But do you know what they're saying when they think this way? They're saying that we're in charge. We're holding the steer, steering wheel of our lives and God is meant to be that faithful slave that will get us to the destination of our choice. No, brothers and sisters, God is not like that. It's important to understand that God's faithfulness doesn't mean that he guarantees to give you what you want as though that you're the master and he's a slave. And what it means that God is faithful is that he will do what he promised. To be a faithful God, it means that all his words will come to pass. 
All his promises will be fulfilled. All his elect will be saved. All his people will be preserved. And even all those that will die in their sins will be damned. Well, how refreshing it is to lift our eyes up and reflect on the faithfulness of our God. Because he is so faithful, he is worthy to be trusted. You and I can depend upon him without any reservation or doubt. Psalm 89, verse 8, O Yahweh, God of hosts, who is like you? O mighty Yahweh, your faithfulness also surrounds you. Who is like our God? Who is majestic like Yahweh? This language is a language of praise and adoration. God is so glorious. Why? Because he is faithful. That's why. Isaiah 11.5 Also righteousness will be the belt about his loins and faithfulness the belt about his waist. When God puts on his uniform, if you like, to do his job, and govern his universe, he clothes himself with faithfulness. Psalm 36, 5. Your loving kindness, O Yahweh, extends to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. God's loving kindness is stronger than marble. It's deeper than the ocean. Now, how, how does God guarantee that? How does God guarantee that his love for his people is unwavering and unfaltering? Because of his faithfulness. Psalm 89, 24. My faithfulness and my loving kindness will be with him. And in my name, his horn will be exalted. Do you know what this is saying? This is saying that God loves his people not because he finds something good in them, nor because of their faithfulness to him. No. God's love for his people is not rooted in what they feel nor what they do. In fact, it has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with his faithfulness. When God establishes a covenant, when he enters into a relationship with man, he is in in it for life. And he commits to it all the way till the end. He will never change his affection towards his people. Why? Because he is a faithful God. Now, as, as you see in these verses, faithfulness is not just what God does. No, it is what he is. Again, as we've read earlier, it says, my faithfulness. A God of faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness is the very nature of God. He cannot be unfaithful because he has to be true to himself. He will always be faithful. For God to be unfaithful is for God to cease to be God. The outline for today's message 
is that we want to look at God's faithfulness in three different facets, different areas. We want to look at God's faithfulness demonstrated in history. We want to look at God's faithfulness in His promises. And then finally, we want to finish with God's faithfulness in a believer's life. So God's faithfulness, number one, demonstrated. You know, when we face difficulties, we sometimes forget God's faithfulness and how it panned out in the past, in history. And we see only the detours and the dangerous paths. But look back in time and you will see the joy of victory, the presence of your traveling companion. That he promised that he will never leave you nor forsake you. When God created the world, for example, and he entered into a covenant relationship with Adam and Eve, but when Adam sinned, what happened? When sin entered the world, there was a separation from God between God and man. Even as early as Genesis 3, God stepped into the scene and he himself killed an animal on behalf of man in order to cover Adam and Eve. And he told them that this is a sign that he will deliver them. Thousands of years passed by. And people have slaughtered millions of animals anticipating the fulfillment of this prophecy. Now, did God forget about our sin problem? Has God completely forsaken us and left us to our own sin? Far from it. God is faithful. And in His faithfulness, He offered the ransom for man's sin. As Jesus Himself, the Son of God, the fullness of time, Jesus came, He stepped into the scene. And the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world was crucified for our sins. First Peter 2.24 says, He Himself, that's Jesus, bore our sins in His body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness for, his, for by His wounds you were healed. God showed His faithfulness in the death of His Son on the cross. And what about the flood? When God judged the world and He brought about the worldwide flood, did he not make a covenant with man that he will not flood the earth ever again? Has he not written in uh, this promise with the ink of heaven across the blue sky above? And did he not keep his word? When your children look above and they look and they see there's a rainbow in the sky and then they ask you, Dad, what's that in the sky? You tell them this this thing that you're looking at is the faithfulness of God in display. And what about Abraham? Though Sarah was barren and Abraham's loins were, was dead, God spoke to Abraham. And what did he say to him in Genesis 12 too? I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. Then what happened? There are now people numbering millions that call Abraham their father. Where are the Canaanites? Where are the Hittites? Where are all the other nations of the past that were mighty and they ruled the world with terror? God wiped them off the earth. 
And it was as easy as a wave that reduces a sand castle into just absolutely nothing. But for the Israelites, how come they still remain? And though the world attempted many times to crush them, how come they survived? Deuteronomy 7.9 tells us the answer. Know therefore that Yahweh your God, He is God, the faithful God, who keeps His covenant and His loving kindness to a thousandth generation with those who love Him and keep His commandments. To a thousandth generation. It's another way of saying forever. The faithfulness of God from everlasting to everlasting. Brothers, you go and ask David. David, speak to us of the faithfulness of God. You know what David would say to you? When I was young, God promised me a kingdom. And though I was weak and all alone, and though thousands pursued me to take out my life, God was faithful to me. He fulfilled his promise, and when I died, I rested in peace with a crown on my head. And if you would ask Joseph, Joseph, speak to us about the faithfulness of God. He would say, oh, I was sold as a slave by my brothers, my own brothers. Oh, how they hated me, but the Lord sustained me. He was beside me. He never left me nor forsook me. And if I would borrow the language of Hebrews 11, it says, And what more shall I say? For time will fail me. If I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, and all the mighty men of the past. Brothers, we call these people heroes of faith. But I believe if you would speak to them, they would disagree with you to give them this title. They would say, no, no, we are just simply mere mortal men. The only hero is the faithful God that we have. He never let us down. He always fulfilled his promises. Psalm 37, 25. It says, I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging bread over and over again. God has proved his care for those who are resting in his faithfulness. 24-7, our good shepherd never sleeps nor slumbers. He's ever watching, always guiding through the dark days And through the deep valleys, he's always leading, never sleeping, always comforting. Why? To demonstrate his faithfulness. Why does God want to show us that he's a faithful God? You know why? He wants us to trust in him. He loves it when we trust in him. The faithfulness of God demonstrated And the second point, the faithfulness of God, we see it in God's promises. The faithfulness of God means that God will always do what he said he will do. You can bet your life on that, that he will bring in completion all his promises. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man 
that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? 2 Corinthians 1.20 For as many as are the promises of God in him they are yes. Therefore also through him is our amen to the glory of God through us. God has granted to us his, his precious and magnificent promises. But do we rely on him? Are we dependent on him to fulfill all his promises? God loves it, like I said, when we trust him, brothers and sisters. He loves it when we count him trustworthy. Are we resting in his faithfulness? Think of the best promise that comes to your mind. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That God will work out together for good to those who love him. All things, he will work, cause all things to work out good. That Yahweh is near to the brokenhearted. Hebrews 10.23 says, He who promised is faithful. You know, you and I promise, but let's face it, brothers and sisters, we can't follow through with all of our promises all the time. Why? Because we're weak. We're, we're subject to circumstances around us that are greater than us. When we get sick, we're not all-knowing. You know, when I promise something to my children, I've learned how to value of attaching if the Lord will phrase, if the Lord wills phrase to my promises. Why? Not as a cop-out or anything like that, but because I recognize my weaknesses in a very real way. If the Lord in his sovereignty doesn't bring what you and I promise to flourish in, no matter if you're Superman, you won't get it done. Only one person in this world, brothers and sisters, that gets to check all his to-do list every day, and that is our God. So why is it only God that can fulfill his promises? The reason why we can depend on God, that he is a faithful God, that he will fulfill all of his promises, there are, it's because he has five essential attributes that together we can have this assurance that God is always faithful. The first one is he's immutable. Immutable meaning he can't change. God doesn't change. If God was immutable, if there is something in God that would change, then he can't be a faithful God. Malachi 3.6 says, For I, Yahweh, do not change. Therefore, you, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. Notice the cause and the effect. Yahweh does not change. That's the cause. And because he does not change, as a result of that, he says that you, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. His nature will never change. And because his nature never changes, therefore he will always be faithful to fulfill all his promises. 
The second essential attribute is that God is omniscient. That is to say, God is all-knowing. For God to be faithful in fulfilling all His promises, He must know everything. He must know the past, the present, and the future. He must know all the tricks and the traps of the devil. He must know the thoughts and the intentions of the heart of your manager at work, your mother-in-law, and He must know every cat on every street corner. He must know everything. He must know the true weather condition. Shouldn't we be praising God that He knows all things? Why? Because He gives us the assurance that He will be faithful to fulfill all His promises. Another attribute is omnipotence, that God is omnipotent, all-powerful. God is able to do everything that He wants to do to bring to pass his promises. God is able to do everything. He has absolute control over our surroundings. He's able to fulfill our needs. Another attribute is his omnipresence. God is omnipresent. Think of the promise that he will abide in you forever, that he will be your comforter, that he will uphold you with his righteous right hand. How can he fulfill these wonderful promises if he's out of reach, even for a moment? And the final attribute is his truthfulness. Titus 1.2 says that God who cannot lie. You know, some people try to be clever and they ask this question and they say, is there anything that God cannot do? Yes, there is. There is something that God cannot do. And the scripture tells us what it is, that God cannot lie. He is a God of truth. He always speaks truth. Now, because God is immutable, omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, always truthful, there is another thing that God cannot do. And do you know what it is? He cannot be unfaithful. He is always faithful to his promises. Some skeptics would say God's promises are so great in the Bible, they're just unfathomable. It's almost impossible that He will bring Him to pass. How can we trust that He will bring Him to pass? How can we believe Him when He says what He says? Where do we get our confidence from? Listen, our confidence that God is faithful, that He will fulfill all His promises is based on who He is, that He's immutable, omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, He's a truthful God who does not lie. What a refreshing this thing is. We can count on all of God's promises all the time. Why? Because God is a faithful God. The faithfulness of God demonstrated. The faithful, faithfulness of God, we looked at it. It is in His promises. And we want to see the faithfulness of God in a believer's lives. We'll look at just one aspect of, an, of it in a believer's life. We will, um, that he will keep us eternally secure. God is faithful to his believers. And when we say believers in this age, what do we say? We're saying, we're talking about the church, his bride. And he's faithful to them in a very unique way, like 
to no one else. He loves, God loves his bride in such a, a sacrificial way. For you and I to be his bride would mean that God loves us and only us in that very unique way. In what way? He chose us. He redeemed us by sending his son to bear the wrath of God for us. He indwells us. He freed us from sin and death. And not only that, but no power in hell that could separate us from Christ. No, no way. Once we enter into this covenant relationship with God, once we repent and believe in Jesus Christ and enter into this blood redemptive covenant in Jesus Christ, God will keep us eternally secure. He will preserve us all the way to be in heaven forever with him. First Thessalonians 5 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit and soul and body be what? Preserved, complete, without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, how is that our preservation is secure? Who is it that will ensure that we're preserved? Is it us? Is it by our own strength? By our good conduct? Verse 24. Faithful is he who calls you. He also will what? Bring it to pass. That is our God. He was faithful in calling you to himself and he will continue to be faithful to carry you right through all the way to heaven. One man once said, if eternal life could be lost, if there is a slight chance to lose your salvation, and we know that no one could ever love God with all his heart nor love his neighbor as himself, which are the sum and total of all the commandments, then I submit to you, that everybody did lose his salvation already. No. No believer could ever lose his salvation. Do you know why? Because no one found it in the first place. Salvation is in the name of Jesus and he is the one that found you. And he is a faithful saviour and he promised that he will keep you till the end. I believe the slam dunk verse for this doctrine is in Philippians 1.6 where it says, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Another quote from Someone else, um, he says this, How arrogant does a person have to be to believe that eternal life could be lost, but he still has it? Who does a person have to think he is in order to be saying, I'm born again. Yes, Jesus saved me. I'm on my way to heaven. Now, there is a chance that I could stuff up and lose my salvation, but what can I tell you? 
I must be really good. I mean really, really good not to lose it so far. I mean, how arrogant do you have to be to believe this? In the Old Testament, 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 14 and 15, it says, I will be a father to him. That's God speaking. And he will be a son to me. When he commits iniquity, I will correct him with the rod of men and with the strokes of the sons of men. But my loving kindness shall not depart from him. And what God said to one of his children, he says it to all. And in the New Testament, in the New Testament, John 10, 27 to 29, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. I give eternal life to them and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. It's not just security. It's a double grip security. I give them eternal life, it says. They will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Then he says, no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. This is the God that we worship. He's a faithful God. He demonstrated his faithfulness in history. God is faithful in all of his promises. And he will continue to be faithful to his people. Let's pray. Lord God, we praise you for this wonderful attribute, this character of yours, so beautiful, so pure, can only be seen and found in you and in, in a very real way. And we're so blessed, Lord, that because of the death of your son, Jesus, we're now counted to be one of your people who can enjoy manifesting faithfulness in their lives. We pray, Lord, as we continue to walk in uh, this life of obedience, help us to first and foremost to enjoy your faithfulness, to remind one another of how faithful you are. And in so doing, we find that there is so much strength in us in order to reflect your faithfulness in our lives. We pray that in Jesus' name.